Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you, everybody. How are we doing today? Good. So great to be here. Have you ever, 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 ever noticed something about when we are walking through life with God? I noticed something, and I'm just going to... uh, He got it. Sam got it. Give Sam a hand and the worship team, huh? The worship team served uh, Endeavour Hills last night and uh, Reveal Church over there, and it was Anna Wyatt and her main band leading the carols at, uh, at Endeavour Hills, and it was absolutely chockers. It was just so wonderful to see so many people out and about. And uh, I tell you what, um, I'll just give you a little bit of a hint. Even though somebody says there's going to be fireworks... That first one that goes off when you're not expecting it tends to make you jump. And in actual fact, the fireworks were coming up over the back of the stage. And, you know, we had internal communication going on. So whilst everything's going on, there's other voices in your head talking and instructing and leaving instructions. And somebody said, yes, the fireworks are about to begin, Just so just keep on playing, do another chorus, keep on playing, and, you know, we're all getting ready for it. And then the first one goes off, and it was like, what was that? Oh, yeah, that's right, there's fireworks happening. But it was, it was fantastic. It was a wonderful time, and it was wonderful to serve over there. And, uh, look, I might be a little bit biased, but we as a church have amazing talent within our midst and uh, the way Anna sang and led, Sam was music director and combined with a few of the team over at Reveal and uh, uh, Kelly was uh, backing vocals and and did lead vocals. Kelly Shackles just went like crazy. It was, uh, but it was, um, it was absolutely fantastic. So anyway... Come next week, you'll hear hear it all. You might even hear Kelly sing shackles. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not promising any of that. Anyway, do you ever notice that when um, when you're either at your lowest point or at your most challenging point in your life, that it's often the time that you either feel really close to the Lord or distant from God. It has always bewildered me as to why the Lord might allow that or why he might um, walk with us in that way. How many know that Um, 
God, he's a good father. And how many know that Jesus is a wonderful brother and friend? And he, and he describes himself as that. And Jesus describes himself as somebody who will never leave us nor forsake us. And the Holy Spirit is a person of whom we welcome into our life, of whom we petition regularly, daily almost, as somebody who we desire to live in greater presence with him, to be more aware of his presence. Hello? And... The unfortunate reality that I have seen a trend over the last decade, maybe maybe longer, maybe it's just me getting wiser, but, well, a little bit wiser, um, that there are many people who sit in church and attend church because they know it's a good thing to do, attend church because they're amongst wonderful friends and family, attend church because hopefully they feel connected and hopefully they feel uh, um, welcomed. They attend church because there's something attractive about a church. Um, I don't know very many other places that, for, for most churches, very many other places that if you are in the community and you need help, if you walk into a church, most churches, you'll get some sort of help. You'll either be redirected, you might be able to be fed, you might even be able to be clothed, but you will have somebody who will sit with you, pray with you, talk with you, and in most churches, as I said, and I understand that there's some that may not do this, but for most churches there is no... I don't know of any other organisation uh, like the church of where hopefully people feel most welcome and most accepted. But once we are welcomed and accepted and we feel connected and we feel in a place where, uh, yes, you know, I feel at home, I feel a sense of purpose, I even feel a sense of mission... What I have noticed is far too often uh, people lose the number one focus on why we exist as a church. We are Jesus' bride. And... As a bridegroom, I long nothing more to spend time with my bride. And there are times where the bride and the bridegroom don't see eye to eye. But there are often times that you don't see the way things that Jesus sees them either. And that's why it's an amazing scripture of where God says to his people, come, let us reason together. You see, God is not this distant God that he sits off and 
and sends us off like lemmings to jump off a cliff and see how we survive or holds the carrot out in front of us, the carrot of salvation, that at the end of our life we get eternal life with him. The Father longs for relationship. The Father longs for you to experience his presence every single day. And Too often I see people attend church and help people and let, yet lose sight of the fact that we are his bride of which he longs to spend time with. I want to point something out to you that's very real right here, right now. The presence of Jesus is here. And what I want to do is highlight to you this morning that this is not mere lip service. It is not just something that is said, oh, the presence of God is always with us. That's true. But it is our sensitivity and our awareness of him where it ought to be. I'll give you something that's a little bit personal. Whenever Anna, this is, this is going to be very personal, okay? Whenever Anna, of which I don't have her permission to share this, whenever Anna walks in the room, she captivates me. I know that sounds wonderful, but it's truly truly the effect that this crazy effect that this crazy woman has on my life. The truth is I was actually dating somebody else when I first saw Anna. And I was curious, that's all at the beginning, that's it. And then it was many years later that our paths crossed again. I'm just clarifying that. Whenever you lift your hands in worship and bow your knee in surrender and step into prayer, into that space and into that room, you captivate Jesus' attention. You captivate his heart. And if you understand nothing more than this today, you captivate him. But you see, there's a catch. Because you do captivate him. The key is when you make it about him. And not about you. Because when Anna walks in the room, I just lose all sensibility of me. Truth. Because my attention and my focus is, you know, 
Maybe where it shouldn't be. I don't know. You tell me. But you see, the truth is, is that you captivate Jesus' heart. Every single time you turn towards him and you step into his presence and And so often, why do we miss it? Why do we get drawn into these moments and interactions of where life gets difficult and it's like it got so bad we had to pray? Often on... You know, it's when those moments of, you know, we're about to head into some sort of holiday season. It's a, probably the first real holiday season that we've kind of stepped into in, a, in the first couple of years. And I would encourage you to just during this holiday season that, <clears throat> that you stop and you, you just be aware of his presence around your life because he is always at work around you. He is always wanting to speak to you. He is always calling your name. Because you captivate him. Why else would he give his life for you? (laughs) The interaction that we have with the Lord is real. (laughs) The interaction that we have, this beautiful exchange that we get to walk in and and we get to experience is, is nothing short of an anointed heavenly walk with him. And you see, the difference is is that when we step into this interaction with him, then we experience his power. It's this moment of where we step from humanity, humanity in our in our flesh and in our earthly experience. And when we experience his presence, we step into this moment of this exchange of where we experience holiness, we experience peace, we experience an empowerment. And yet so often the Lord allows situations and circumstances around our life that kind of jolt us or they're like a circuit breaker, a reset to enable us to refocus upon him. And so often those moments are pain points. It's a, it's, it, it's a bill that needs to be paid that you don't yet have the money for. It's the, it's the challenge in a relationship. It's a, it's, it might even be an argument that you've just had that, 
that, that you, you know you have to make right. You know, there might be even these moments in church where, where, where I'm up here speaking and I'm saying, don't you know that Jesus longs to experience you walking hand in hand, this beautiful romance that he has. There's these moments of where the presence of God is so tangible and so real that existence on earth, that life as we know, know it on earth is incomparable to the experience and the nature of his very presence that he paid his life for us to step into, to experience, to be in. My greatest concern for the church of today is that there are people who have not yet experienced the power of God. There are people who have forgotten the power of God. And there are people who don't even want to be in his presence. Friends, my prayer for you today is that you have such a consuming hunger for the presence of God that you will stop at nothing to walk in it. And I didn't say experience it on a Sunday and forget about it on a Monday, but from a daily pursuit of his presence, that daily experience stepping in and allowing that hunger because the word says that God is a consuming fire. And the truth is you can't have a little bit of him. And he just can't have a little bit of you. Because he is captivated by you. And it transcends all religious notion and religious nonsense of does this have to happen before that, compared to that, compared to that, because God has every single person on their own journey, on their own walk, and he's walking with you hand in hand. All we have to do is open the book of Acts. And we read about the early church in the book of Acts of how the Holy Spirit fell with fire, causing people to break out in tongues and tongues from different nations and tongues from different people. And, and at the time, there were nations in the city that, that wouldn't normally be there, but they were there for a special occasion. And then the Holy Spirit fell with tongues on fire and people thought they were drunk. And people thought that they were behaving inappropriately and people felt that they were, they were crazy and out of their mind. And guess what? I think sometimes God allows in his presence the manifestation of his power sometimes might look us, make us look a little crazy sometimes. But the truth is this. What can man do? What can man do? 
You look at revivals, and I've been in some of them, and I've witnessed some of them. I, I haven't been at this one, but Azusa Street, when, when the Azusa Street revival happened in, in uh, Los Angeles, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the, it, it is almost to say that that was the beginning of most Pentecostal moments, Pentecostal movements out of Azusa Street. But friends, we hear about Azusa Street, but we don't hear about of the group of women that prayed for three years, gathering together in their home. Lord, pour out revival. Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, come again, come again. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You don't hear about the stories of when a child was so connected with the Lord that during that prayer meeting, this child looked up and said, can you hear the horses coming? Can you hear the horses coming? And this might sound a little bit weird and a little bit crazy. But this child said, can you hear the the horses are coming and the angels are coming? And with that, a great wind swept through the room and that child was taken up into the presence of God, never to be seen again. This is long before limbs were growing back that had been amputated, teeth restored, people dying on their beds, raising up again, and yet not one word was preached. Such was the presence of God at Azusa Street. Frank Bartleman who was who's known as one of the foundational roots of the, of the Azusa Street Revival. And William Seymour, a black man in, in the early 1900s in Los Angeles. He would sit on the stage with a cardboard box on his head until he felt the Holy Spirit Tell him to move. A little bit weird, huh? Next week I'm going to give it a shot. See what you do. You see, God's wanting to break out of what we think church looks like, of what we think is most important, because there is one fundamental thing that he is longing for us as people, and that is to be consumed with the hunger and the thirst for righteousness, to be consumed with the hunger and thirst for his presence. The Welsh revival with John Wesley, who was, which was happening a little bit before. Uh, Pastor Bill and Robin went and visited Pensacola when the revival was happening there. Thousands of people. You know, often they wouldn't even get to play a note or sing a tune. The Holy Spirit would break out and people would just rush forward in repentance. Demons would come out of people's lives. People would be set free. Healing would take place. Friends, I long for that. And I long to be with like-minded people and people who are, yes, that is what we long for. That is what we are petitioning heaven for. That is what we are hungry for. We are hungry for a move of God. We are hungry for people to be set free. We are hungry that there is no sickness, there is no sin that holds us down, that we step into that place 
And the word is revival. Friends, I long for it. There are churches in Melbourne experiencing this right now. There are churches in Africa, all over the world, experiencing revival right now. But friends, it comes to hungry people. We are not made for a one direction relationship with a distant God. We are made to have a living relationship with Jesus that is real and personal. Friends, when we give our heart to Jesus and we say yes to Jesus, it is a moment of surrender. But often that one moment of surrender is just a beginning. It is not total yet. And so often there's a moment of stepping up. There's a moment of stepping in. There's moments of forgiveness as the Lord leads us. There's a moment of genuine longing for the presence of God. There's a moment of healing. But friends, sometimes we, we experience a moment, whereas the Lord is wanting us to experience a complete wholeness. The Bible says, don't you know that you are a brand new creation? Created in Christ to do good works. I believe the Lord spoke to me. And he said that there are people who have longed for the experience that I'm talking about and yet have lost their hunger have lost their fervour. I believe that the Lord is saying, stay true. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep the fire burning. Because I believe that the Lord is going to do something that you have never, ever seen nor experienced before. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is the story of two different responses that both resulted in a wonderful result, in great outcomes. But I want to ask you the question, which result will you, which choice, which response, which reaction will your heart give? as the Lord is calling you today. Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. What does that tell you? They were doing everything that they could, that they knew to do. Their heart was right. Their mind was right. They had a clear purpose. They had clear intent. Verse 7, there was one area that they felt that they'd been let down in. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. 
Now, you need to understand the, how society back then would look on that because, because, you know, to have children was seen as a blessing of God. And I believe it is. But, but back then it was like it, it was held. It's such a blessing of God that if you couldn't have children, you were cursed by God. There was shame put upon you, not from the Lord, but from people. People would look down at you or... Oh, there must be sin in your life. Oh, you mustn't believe enough. Oh, you didn't fast enough. You didn't do this enough. You didn't jump up and down and do 15 star jumps enough. Whatever it was. There was this shame attached to it. Verse 8, and so it was that while he, being Zacharias, was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, you need to understand the significance of this. If the lot fell to you, the whole reason why there wasn't volunteers is because if you weren't completely and totally pure, you hadn't gone through the total and complete purification process, if there was one drop of perspiration, I wouldn't last a minute, if there was one drop of perspiration, then the unfortunate reality is that it was too human for the very presence and the holiness of God in the temple. And, and uh, uh, the, um, the priests would wear little bells on the end of their tassels so that when the priests went in, they'd have to tie a rope around the priest's ankle. And if they couldn't hear the bells and the tassels ringing, well then he mustn't have been purified properly and the presence of God would kill him. Any volunteers? So the lot fell to him. It was like a lottery draw. And it was his time to go and serve. What a way to go. Can you imagine walking into the very presence of God? Come on. Well, you're in it because of Jesus Christ and what he has done. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Verse 11, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. <laughs> and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I can relate to that. That's probably my response. Hello? But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Oh, phew, that makes me feel so much better. Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, ha, get this, here he is, an old boy. Like, I don't know how the hydraulics are working. And on top of that, Sarah, Elizabeth, sorry, well, she might be a bit leathery. And he's still praying, God, give me a son. 
What a man. His faith, come on, good on him. Have a crack at it, mate. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John, who later on went to be John the, is, is John the Baptist. Right? And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall ne- drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. So this is talking about a Nazarene, a Nazarene right? And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him. Who's him? Capital H. Jesus. In the spirit and power. Come on. Friends, that is us. We go forward in spirit and power. You are powerful beyond measure. Not because of you. Because greater is he that's in you, that's in the world to turn the charts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, now here's one response. Here's one response to the presence of God. Are you ready? How shall I know this? Your wife's going to have a baby. Do the math. For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Friends, the truth is in his heart of hearts, even though there was an angelic being standing before him, even though he was gripped with fear in the presence of God, Zacharias doubted. I would even imagine that there would be some sense of unbelief within his heart. Because what happens next is the result. And the angel answered to him and said, it's, it's, it's interesting, I mean, Zacharias asked a human, logical, very human response, very logical, very man response. Male is what I'm trying to say. How can this be? She's old. Things aren't working so great. And, well, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) And then Gabriel, the angel, said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the very presence of God. And was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. You think there was a sense of authority as Gabriel spoke of his own identity? But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Well, the Bible says the words of life and death are in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Do you think we could learn a lesson from Zacharias' experience? Uh, uh, just, a, just a little 
not in my thoughts to share, but I'm going to share it. I'm reading Frank Bartleman's uh, journal at the moment, uh, and he was he's seen as one of the fathers of Azusa Street, the Azusa Street outpouring uh, revival that took place. And we're talking amazing things, like the fire brigade was called on several occasions because people walking past saw flames coming up out of the building, but the people inside not being burnt. Such was the fire and the power of God. Right? So Frank Bartleman said, he said there were times uh, often throughout the revival where um, no one was allowed to speak poorly of somebody else. Now get this. Not being able to speak poorly, even if it was justified. Okay, understand this. Such is the value that God's, God places upon your life. And what would happen is as soon as somebody would go to speak, they would be slain in the spirit. Now, I mean, the, the, not dead, those of you who may not understand that, but they'd, they'd be f- fall down on the ground and not allowed. I believe the Lord muted Zacharias' mouth because if, if, if he wasn't, God knew in his heart of hearts that, and in Zechariah's heart of hearts that he would probably talk himself out of it, that he would speak the words that would bring uh, death to the vision and the mission of the, of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, think, I, th- I think some of our greatest accomplishments are yet to be realised simply because over years we've spoken death unwittingly or we've been critical of others when we shouldn't have been or, 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 or we, we haven't understood the covenant that we have with each other, the covenant that we have with God. We become political. I mean, you look around election time. Oh, yeah, he's an idiot. Oh, yeah, 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 he's a bigger idiot. Oh, yeah, 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 he did this. Oh, yeah, well, back then he did that. It's Anyway. Verse 21, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. That says to me that most priests would want to get the heaven out of there. (laughs) But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. That's what happens when Anna walks in the room for me. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Wow. Her dream of dreams was answered and realised. What about Mary's response? Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And we're going to pick this up in our next service. What 
what I would encourage you to step into is understand that we have this response to the presence of God every single time it comes in. The response from God to to his presence has to be something. And so many times I think what happens is we, we base our response today on expectations that we've placed on God that we believe haven't been met yesterday. That you, we together, have this, have in this moment right now, in this time right now, we are in God's presence. The Bible says wherever there are two or three gathered in his name, he is in the midst. But often he's unable to move, or should I say he's only able to move For as much as we give him honour, for as much as we are hungry for more of him, for as much as, as, as we say yes to the spirit and what he's doing. I don't want to be like Zacharias. Logical, but how could it be? How could it be? I am old, so is Lilibeth. Rather than our response of being hungry, The presence of God is here. So how will you respond to him? Do you know how to respond? What if God is not here? What is your response then? Either way. Either way. Our response ought to be the same. I couldn't think of anything worse than to come to church and not experience his presence. But what if he wasn't here? I would be grieved by an inappropriate response to his presence. Either way, our response should be surrender. Either way, our response ought to be, God, we need more of you. Jesus, we need more of your presence. We need more of your power. We need more of who you are, God. Help me step into a place where I can receive more of you. And it only comes to a yielded heart, a yielded mind, a yielded life, a surrendered person. God is here to answer and break through. The goal is his glory. His glory is your complete and total provision and health. That's his glory for you. Every aspect of your life. It may take your entire life. And God may 
quicken seasons. The point is, when you experience his glory, you are complete. You are whole. You are accepted. You are loved. And you're in that journey. You're in that journey of wholeness. It's the difference between saying, yes, I am a new creation and knowing and sensing and feeling that you are, have been and been made brand new. Next week we're going to talk about Mary. And then I want you to want to lead you through some key barriers that I believe the Lord is wanting to bring health, life and healing into your own heart, your own mind, your own soul, your own spirit. So that as we embrace the year ahead that God has for us, that it is going to be a year of being hungry for more of his presence and yet that hunger being met. And once we experience more of his presence, then, then, we, then we want nothing more than to experience more. Can we stand? Let's pray together. Jesus, we long to experience more of you. And in this moment right now, We understand Zachariah's response and yet you are still faithful to fulfil his destiny as being the earthly father of John the Baptist. And then to see John the Baptist fulfilled as the voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus, we long to respond to your word. And so right now we do. Right now, Lord, we respond to the promptings of your spirit. And Lord, we're sorry for moments of where we have not been attentive to your presence or, or, or ha- haven't responded to the full and total yielding of your spirit and what you are calling, Lord, right now, God, forget. But Lord, help us step into that place of saying, yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We long for more of you, to be found in your presence, to be found in your glory. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, I would encourage you right now, say yes to him. If it costs me my life, I say yes to you, Jesus. Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, 
or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.